everybody. I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And welcome to It Takes Two, a podcast where two people take two movies with the same plot or premise and watch and discuss them. And this week's episode is a Christmas episode and we watched two made-for-TV Hallmark Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. And I am unbelievably angry. Right. Um, so we're doing <laughs> two Christmas episodes. Um, and part of the reason we're doing two Christmas episodes is so that the first one can be this made-for-TV formula stuff, and the second one can be movies we might actually enjoy. Yeah, because I am fooled with rage right now, and that's why I demanded we record this as soon as we finished the yeah. last movie. Yeah. So we watched both these movies today, and I am livid. Okay. I'm absolutely livid. So the movies are Christmas Land from 2015... And Moonlight and Mistletoe from 2008. Um, they have an IMDb rating of 5.9 and 6.3, respectively. So pretty mid-range. They are... Inc- oh, just... Oh. Okay. Um, jumping in. Uh, both movies revolve around a girl who's growing up in a, in a fairy tale Christmas amusement park style thing, one being Christmas Land, the other one being Santaville, and they end up having to come back because of legal troubles in relation to the amusement park slash event places. Um, well, it's not really why they come back. They come back because well, she, one of them in Christmas Land, she comes back because her grandmother dies. Yeah, Jules comes back to Christmas Land because her grandmother dies. And then in Moonlight and Mistletoe, she comes back because her father injures himself. He drives a sleigh into a tree trying to pick up a woman. Yes. And he's played by Tom Arnold, by the way. Yes. That's an important mention. <laughs> and the grandmother in the first one is um, Maureen McCormick, who's one of the and Brady Bunch. doesn't look like a grandmother. She looks like she's 40. <laughs> I did uh, take notes of ages because you said that while we were watching it. Um, so she was either 58 or 59 at the time of filming. She doesn't look it. Um, so she's 23 years older than the person who plays her granddaughter as an adult, but she's 49 years older than the child version. So that's a that would mean her and the child and her child both had children in their early 20s, which is pretty normal. I guess. Um, but yes, okay. I feel like in both cases the adult that they were related to was more famous than the person playing the 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 main character. But yeah. Maybe that's maybe I just don't know them. Yeah, maybe they just needed a payday. Uh, okay, so starting off in Christmas Land, uh, everyone's super overly emotional in the beginning part, and it's really quite sappy, and a sort of a, only a hallmark kind of like this is happiness, people like this is happiness with a price tag and happiness with like a with a with a company branding on it. We are a living Christmas card. Yeah. And then Santaville, she's kind of despondent as a teenager because her dad, Tom Arnold, named Nicholas, is Santa. And he's like, I don't have a daughter. I have a number one elf, which is probably doing some emotional trauma to her. Yeah, I was going to say, that child must be so traumatized. Her whole life, her dad pretends that he doesn't have a child. And then, like, towards the end of the movie, he's like, oh, I've always loved you. He's like, you never... Yeah. You told me that you love me. Like, you you just, you wouldn't even acknowledge that I was your daughter. Okay, so the differences between the two characters is very little. Um, Jules is a social media expert who works for a 
campaign companies, so I'm assuming big companies pay their company to expand their brand image using social media. Yeah, so she is she gets promoted at the beginning of the movie to executive, executive vice, vice president, president of, of brand strategy. Of brand strategy. Brand strategy. Marketing. No, I took it down word for word. And uh, Holly, on the other hand, is in sales for a company that sells one-of-a-kind or unique items, and she's doing, like, going through screenshots of photos from a photo shoot of, like, individually made handcrafted items. Yeah, so they, they are, like, a marketing company for handcrafted yeah. stuff, and she's a sales manager is what she says she is. So, somehow she's got... Um, sorry, oh, the characters are so confusing and similar that I'm going to have to be very precise when I talk about who I'm talking about. <laughs> well, I think one of the big differences is that um, Jules in, in Christmas Land actually seems to enjoy Christmas and like markets things as Christmassy and is smiling through the whole movie, whereas uh, Holly in uh, Moonlight and Mistletoe... Is a workaholic. Is a, well, yeah, they're both workaholics, but Holly hates Christmas. And is like a bit of a scrooge to her assistant and she tries to tell her not to have Christmas decorations out and she says something like it looks like frosty. Yeah, the snowman exploded in yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she hates Christmas and she's very grumpy for most of the movie. Um, I will say one thing about Christmas Land that I didn't notice in Santaville and that's really bad ADR. And right. It, all the... all of, It's not bad in a way that... It's terribly done, say in low budget movies. It's yeah. terribly done in the way that it was instantly noticeable for me within the first dialogue because they're in a really busy coffee shop. Yeah. And you can hear them perfectly, even though it's like farther away where the camera is. So, therefore, the dialogue and there's no background noise of all these busy people getting coffee. Yeah. Which, if you've ever been to a busy coffee shop like Starbucks or etc they're extremely noisy yeah because there's always crappy like music playing there's always people having conversations there's, there's people the, on phones the coffee machines coffee and machines like, going like yeah. frothers aren't quiet I, and I this actually is like did a drop. um i did a sonic arts project once where i had to make create the soundscape of a coffee place myself so i had to like record all those sounds individually and yeah. make it and it's really hard yeah. to get all those sounds individually so to have a place where there's it should have all those sounds and there's none of them. It's a little bit unsettling. It takes you out of it. Yeah, it really did. Um, so, yeah, she gets promoted to a BS title and then mm -hmm. uh, she gets a... She's home talking to her boyfriend who's a lawyer, which is really important to the story. Yeah, Mitchell, the lawyer boyfriend. Yeah, um, and just happens to, happens to open her mail, which is a crime. Yes, which she points out and he says, I know that, I'm a lawyer. Yeah, um, to find out that her grandmother's died and they're going to foreclose on uh, Christmas land. Yeah, versus when uh, the similarity comes up with that when um, Holly, who's visiting her father Tom Arnold, opens his mail or sees his mail while she's on the phone and realises he's in 50k's debt. Yeah. He's in $50,000 worth of debt because of the slowness of the business. So there's this sort of 
Jules is looking at it like, oh, I want to sell Christmas land because I'm not interested because I've got this big New York City lifestyle. And with I've just my got this new job. New job, and I want to buy a really expensive apartment, which I spent a lot of time Googling, and they are between five and $35,000 a month in rent, or between $1.8 and uh, $35 million for... Oh so that's why when selling Christmas, Christmas land, I was going to say Sandoville... Um, it would be half of, or, or three quarters of her investment because she wants to sell it to make equity to buy a um, apartment. apartment on the west side of Manhattan, right. upper west side, which is really stupidly expensive. Yeah, she wants to live next to Central Park. Yeah. Um, yeah, so 50 grand and, you know, 50 grand isn't that much in comparison. Uh, the... I'm just going through my notes here. So yeah, she turns up in Christmas land and everybody's obsessed and it appears that the entire town's economy is based on Christmas land. Yeah. Everybody's involved with it. Um, the hardware store, who's the only coloured... He's a black guy who runs the hardware store. It's like the only coloured person there. And he like gives them stuff for free to get it back to like a sellable standard. Mm -hmm. um, and... Everybody else in sort of Santaville is sort of just like obsessed with this place that they remembered as a kid, but the children now are so focused on, you know, gaming and, and, and electronics that the understanding of like, the kid didn't even know what Checkers was. Yeah, it's like a real, um, they really want to make Tom Arnold feel anachronistic because they yeah. get him as Santa talking to this child and being like, what do you want for Christmas? And he's like going all technical about games and consoles and things, and he looks at the mother and she's, like, nodding. He's like, yes, I have that, but he has no idea what yeah. he's talking about. He has no concept of new technology or of what kids actually want, um, and he just wants to give them old handmade toys. The, yeah, the boyfriend in Christmas Land is really irritating to me, and I'll explain why. So they arrive in Christmas land, power's still on, Uncle Frank, who's the... Oh, she confuses the small town lawyer who meets her to help her with Christmas land as the caretaker, but he turns out to be another lawyer, which is really important to the story, and I'll explain why in a minute. Um, <laughs> and they meet Uncle Frank, who's just in her grandmother's house, where she's now living, even though she wants to stay at the inn, because she's only there temporarily. Yeah, they just walk in, and he's cooking in the kitchen, and she's like, who is this guy? And it's like, oh, this is the actual caretaker, Uncle there Frank. There is so much in Christmas Land of people just busting into her house, yeah. and just rocking up. Yeah, and it's the the guy, the lawyer that she meets, Tucker. Is it Tucker? Tucker, yeah, Tucker. Tucker. Um, has basically, once she'd written to him or he called him or whatever she did to say she was coming, has gone around and told the whole town that she's going to reopen Christmas Land. Yeah. And that's not what she's there for. She wants to just claim it and sell it is her goal. And as soon as everyone finds out that she's just there to sell it, um, everybody in the town starts guilt tripping her. Yeah, they act like she's like personally betrayed them all when yeah. they've all known her for about 10 seconds. Um, back in... Back in uh, Sandoval. Yeah, sorry, I, the movie's called Moonlight Mistletoe. Yeah, Moonlight Mistletoe. Which is said at one point in the movie, which is really awkward, because both Tom Arnold and Holly stare out the window at the moon. And go, Moonlight and Mistletoe. Yeah. They do it again later when they're talking about her dead mother, and then, they, and then her father tells her that they met on a 
or I can't remember, they, they, but they kissed under mistletoe the first time they met, and then something about a sleigh ride in the moonlight, whatever, and then she's like, moonlight and mistletoe. It's like, yeah, we get it, that's the name of the movie. Yeah. Um, so, from a point of view of, I guess it's a small town, but she is a female who lives in New York City, and these people are just busting into her yeah. house. That would not fly. And, like, she talks about not being able to sleep at night because she's quiet. Because she's used to the sound of a city. Yeah. The concept of a woman and people just busting into her house all the time yeah. would be really unsettling. And a person like that would not go to bed without locking every yeah. window and door. Like, even the fact that she's in a small town, like, it wouldn't matter because that stuff doesn't, like, yeah. leave your yeah. system. Yeah, because she lives in New York City. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, so... Christmas lands on 200 acres, and it's an amusement park with a pine, your Christmas tree farm, which is important, uh, which I'll explain in a second. <laughs> Every Everything you mention is important and will be explained in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Sorry <laughs> if I'm, like, taking up majority of the time. Like, it's please okay, you're in. so angry. I will say the last note I wrote was, um, after the second movie, I wrote, Nick looked so grumpy at the end of this film. Oh, my God. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so then the people of Christmas Land are so invested in Jules without even knowing her at yeah. all. And just because she's the granddaughter of this, like... By the way, so the grandmother has a creepy painting of herself on the wall over the mantle beside her Christmas tree. And they show that way too often. Oh, and then yeah. they, like, they look at... They keep saying to Jules that she looks just like her grandmother and then, like, pointing at this really horrifying, creepy picture that, like, doesn't even look like her. And it's so creepy. And it just keeps, like, cutting to it every now and then. And we, uh, it's like, why do I need to look at this scary grandma painting so often? It reminds me of a bad horror movie where, like, the owner of a mansion whose wife died years and years ago or is, like, a ghost in the mansion and then a girl who looks very similar to the dead wife yeah. comes to stay and then the ghost is trying to get her because he thinks it's his, like, dead wife. Right. That's what it reminded me of, like, okay, the painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, that was a complete random tangent. Yeah, I just, it, I don't know. I just don't know why we needed to look at it so often. And the fact all the townspeople were like, you have her eyes, you yeah. have her eyes. Oh my yeah. God, your eyes. They're the same. It's like, that's how genetics work, people. <laughs> um, yeah, they get so invested in her. And it could have been inherited by a crackhead. Like, yeah. like she could have just been like, oh sweet, I'm going to invite all my like meth head buddies and we're going to like mess up your town or she could have been in all sorts of crime she could have been a human trafficker for all they knew and they're just like yeah come on in like when is that's so bizarre um anyway so yeah back in moonlight mistletoe in santaville uh so yeah they've understood that the place is in trouble and uh, Holly gets set up by some friends, and I say that in air quotes, yeah, that she hasn't like, seen in 15 years. It was a person who she didn't even know who she was, who she was in high school with 15 years ago, and didn't know who she was, and then she's like, oh, meet me and my husband at this place, and then it, she didn't show up, she just set her up with some dude. Random dude. Um, and Ben. Ben. Um, so they get set up. They ring up and have an excuse like, oh yeah, the kids are sick. You guys better just have this date by yourselves. Um, which is a lot for people you haven't seen in 15 years and weren't friends during high school at yeah. all. Like, that's that's creepy behavior. 
Yeah. Um, that's like some weird matchmaking garbage. And it turns out he's a... Um, financial advisor. Financial advisor. So therefore, do the friends know that Sandoval's in trouble? Like, it's very... I don't know. It's so weirdly done. The writing in this is just... There's so much... What's the word? Uh, like, the plot holes are fixed by, like, magic writing. Right. It's like the sonic screwdriver of, like, how do we fix the problem? Oh, we'll just happen to set her up with this financial advisor. Yeah. Everyone happens to be a lawyer in Christmas land. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Peter, who's, like, the main co-star of Santaville, not Santaville. Moonlight Mistletoe. Moonlight Mistletoe is a guy that she met when she was a teenager and he likes to, and I put this in, in, again in air quotes, make things. Um, it's so weird because the implication is he visited that town once as a teenager, had a two minute conversation with her, and then when he was an adult, he moved to that town for her. And when she wasn't living there, he moved in with, with her, her father. And volunteers for him. It's so creepy. He literally lives with her father because of a two-minute conversation he had with her as a teenager. Yeah, and it takes her, like, two days to remember him. Yeah, because he, he introduces himself to her as Peter, and she's like, yeah, whatever. And then he's like, oh, we met once before, blah, blah, We had this conversation about the Nutcracker. She's like, whatever. And then, like, two days later, he shows her that he's, like, been crafting all these nutcracker dolls and then he's like and she's like wow you really like nutcracker and he's like yeah someone told me about it once and then like just tells her the plot of the nutcracker when he tells her the plot of the nutcracker she goes peter and it's like yeah you idiot <laughs> who do you think it was um there's some really weird quotes from peter towards her that i find incredibly sinister um because there's a point in time where she's meeting with ben and then he gives her a note to say, meet me on this bridge, mm -hmm. which she used to spend a lot of time with, with her mother, who's now passed away. And they've never had that conversation. So therefore, he's known that by talking to Tom Arnold about her mm -hmm. about his dead wife. Yeah. Um, and the quote is, yeah, the quote is, he went away. Now, going away... Mm -hmm. is also slang for being in prison. Okay. So he, she's going to go meet a guy who went away and then came back and has no real job <laughs> on a secluded bridge yeah. where her mother, like, and it's like a bridge over, like, icy water. It's an old, like, one-lane bridge. There's wood. And it's just, and he's like parked in the middle of the bridge in his car and like out on foot waiting for her. Yeah. That is it's, such a, he could have been a serial killer. Yeah, don't go near him. Um, yeah, and it's so weird because she like tells him how shitty it was to grow up with, or she tries to tell him how shitty it was to grow up with a dad who didn't acknowledge her and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, my parents left me in boarding school while they went on vacation. And then I went, I graduated early and I went to college and I got several degrees. And then I decided to move here. And he's like, I wish it was Christmas every day. I'd swap lives with you in an instant. And she's like, okay. And he's like, well, you have someone who loves you and cares about you. She's like, I literally don't. Yeah. Okay. Um, back in Christmas land, <laughs> there's uh, 
there's a bunch of weird stuff that happens in between like major plot points. Um, yeah, so they have like a fixing up montage, which always annoys me in movies because it just shows people doing stuff that's super mundane, but then there's like 200 acres worth. Yeah, and it's so slow, the montage. And yeah. then they do one in Moonlight and Mistletoe as well, but it's a montage of them, like, of, the, like, the marketing campaign, which yeah. is just her putting a sign saying, remember, in those different shop windows. So, yeah, then Mitchell turns up in Christmas Land when Jules hasn't returned, and he sets up a meeting with this guy who's willing to buy it off her. Tucker and him also went to law school at the same time and know each other and they both have like a rivalry because Mitchell's been going around saying he finished first in class yeah. where Tucker did. Tucker did, yeah. So that's, that sets it up that Mitchell is a liar, yeah. which becomes very important then later on. Um, so they, they go to this meeting in Chicago and I want to talk about this meeting very importantly because I looked up some legal stuff after the movie's finished. <laughs> um, so... They go to meet the the guy who turns out to be, you know, really interested in Christmas Land yes. because he was trying to get it from his grandmother and then she's just like, oh, we're going to keep it. And he's like, yeah, of course, I'm going to, like, do everything that'll make, it, like, everything perfect. Yeah. And she's like, no, I, I, you have to keep it, like, you, the you, way it is. The yeah. way it is. And he's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, this is Al from Home Improvement, by the way. Yeah. He's the guy. Oh, I didn't even realize. Wow, he looks <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Al from Home Improvement oh as, God, as a, a guy who wants to buy Christmas land. I didn't even know that. Wow, that's so bad. And I watched, like, all of Home Improvement. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um... Real flashback to the past. So, yeah, the boyfriend, uh, Mitchell, Jules, and Al from Home Improvement have a meeting over lunch. It's not a lunch. Um, the only thing they've seen to do is drink alcohol, and this comes up very importantly... Because contracts cannot be signed by someone intoxicated. And I'll get back to that in a second. Um, then they come back to town. But importantly, she signs a oh, contract. Sorry, yeah. She literally signs a contract to sell it there and then and in their meeting for $1.7 million. And, and he, he, has, hands, he hands her a check. Yeah, so she doesn't read the contract. The boyfriend, who's also a lawyer, who's her attorney, doesn't read the contract. Yeah. No uh, one reads the contract. No one reads the he contract. He just hands her a piece of paper and then she signs it. Yeah, after having like a like, please don't change Christmas land speech at him. Um, so then there's another random time jump and these come up a lot because it's a made for Christmas movie and they do it as ad breaks. And I found it all quite dis... Disjarring? No. What's the word? Disjointing? Disjointed. Disjointed in <laughs> um, Moonlight Mistletoe because they'll have a conversation during the daytime and then it'll instantly jump to night and they've just done everything that they said they were going to do. Right, right. And you just sort of have to play it off as like, oh, well, they did it during the ad break. They did it while I was watching ads that I didn't watch. Yeah. Um, anyway, back, yeah. It's just hands them, hands them a check for $1.7 million. No one reads the contract. They've had no food during a business lunch. They've just been drinking alcohol. Like, they turn up in a place. She gets randomly shoulder-barged by a lady when they're going oh, into yeah, a place. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, the guy... So, Mitchell holds the door open for her, and she just walks straight into a woman. And she's like, I don't miss that about the city. So, this is in Chicago. They go, yeah. they, they go from Christmas Land, which is in a small town, to Chicago for this, and then she goes back. So, I guess Christmas Land is... In Illinois, somewhere. somewhere. In Illinois, yeah. yeah. Near the mountains. Um... 
it's between two interstates, I think. Was that, or is that, no, because Sandoville's... Yeah, yeah, no, Christmas Land is between two interstates, Santaville is, is near two ski resorts. Ski resorts, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> um, doesn't read the contract, shocked it's not going to stay open, um... Yeah, so she so literally the next day or whatever, some guy shows up in a, a, who's an employee of Alpha Home Improvement, and then they walk around and he's talking about selling all the land to, for real estate development. And yeah. She's like, "What? No!" And then she talks to Mitchell, her her lying boyfriend, about it and is real upset. And he's like, "Well, yeah, he's a real estate developer. What do you expect?" She's like, "You knew about this." Yeah. So that comes to the ethics part of. Um, Disbarring, and I'll talk about that more later. So ethics, you can, if, as a lawyer, if you're representing, you can't represent both clients, which clearly Mitchell's doing. Yeah. And you can't sign a contract while intoxicated, which you could argue in court that you're intoxicated and therefore more concerned about the emotional status of looking after a business rather than the money. And clearly she's being taken advantage of because he had the pre... There was no, like... Me and you bought a house together. Yeah. When you go to the real estate, when you sign the paperwork with a real estate agent, they are not allowed to tell you the. In our case, because it was um, uh, uh, what was it? It wasn't by tender. What was the other thing? The, so we had to make a blind bid. Yeah, yeah. And then the the, the, the first one we did was tender. Yeah. But the second, the first, yeah, first offer we put in somewhere else was tender. But yeah. here we just put in an offer. Yeah, and then the the client or the person selling the house to us came back with a different number. That's yeah. how you do it. There's no like, oh, I'm just going to give you one point seven million dollars. Here's a pre written out check. Yeah. Like, and you see the check on screen, and he could have dropped that on the street and lost one point seven million dollars. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it's so bizarre. Anyway, yeah. So she was under duress of emotional. Um, the lawyer was representing both parties and she probably was intoxicated being that she's a skinny lady and all they've seen are drinking is cocktails because they arrive and get given cocktails at yeah. the bar and then they're sitting down, there's no food. They haven't looked like they've eaten. It's not like a waiter turns up or a waitress turns up and takes yeah. their plates and away. And her lawyer also intentionally lies to her about yeah. what's happening. Um, she goes to visit Al after the real estate developer turns up yeah. in Christmas land. She goes to the office, barges right in, the secretary tries to stop her, and she's like, no, and Al, Al from Home Improvement's like, no, it's fine. Then he makes her pay him one point... He hasn't filed the paperwork. The paperwork's still... The original contract signed is still in his hand. Nothing's been done legally. Like, it hasn't been filed... Yeah. Both people don't have copies of the contract. It's not valid, yeah. from what I understanding of Googling contract law, yeah. in New Zealand at least. And then he makes her pay $1.3 million to get it back from him. Yeah, because he wants $3 million total, so the, the check that she hasn't actually cashed, yeah. plus an extra $1.3 million. It's just, what the hell, like... Just so aggravating because not, this would not fly in reality. Yeah, and it's like you have to have the money to me by Christmas Eve. Yeah. It's like, what, two, three days away at this point? I don't know what. I can't yeah, it, there's the time It's very real unclear weird. what. It's roughly around Christmas when it's unclear about exactly when these things are happening. 
Um, so yeah, the first thing she does is she brings the coffee company that she did the campaign for and they sell her a contract over the phone to only serve their brand of coffee in Christmas land yeah. for $800,000. $850,000. So that's exclusive a... right to sell their coffee in Christmas land. Okay, so this is a contract done over the phone to yeah. bail out the majority of the $1.3 million. Yeah. Then it turns out everybody in town has just massive stacks of cash hidden around. Yeah, just like stacks and stacks of $100 bills. Uncle Frank has a coffee tin that he's just hiding in the in her house. Yeah. Which like, is technically legally hers because any property within the house is, is hers, not his. <laughs> and she just has, he just has like a coffee tin full of $100 bills. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and him plus... A few, a handful of other people from the town just just hand over the extra four hundred fifty thousand dollars to her. And this is so bizarre because remembering back that the entire town's economy is based on Christmas land. Yeah. So there's two really annoying Karen-esque characters in this. One of them was. One of them's a baker, and one of them makes ice cream. Yeah. So one's a baker. One's a, how would they have this kind of money lying around? And the other person that bails them out is the really helpful. Uh, handy store owner. Yeah. Who, so between four people, they just give her a hundred thousand dollars each. Yes. We're getting too close to the end of the movie. Um, okay. So at the same time, a moonlight mistletoe. Yeah, yeah, you go. Um, <laughs> ben, the financial advisor, tells um, Holly that he's found someone who owns one of the ski resorts who wants to become a silent partner with um, her dad in Santaville because that way um, they can do like package deals where people can go to Santaville and the ski resort as one thing. Yeah, with a discount of going to Santaville, you get free ski lift. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, and so she takes ages to convince her dad because her dad doesn't want to sign it because he doesn't want someone else, you know, um, having control over it and they convince him, oh, they won't have control. You still have all the control. They're just silent partners. Uh, her dad's best friend, which we haven't actually mentioned at this point. I think I think best Earl, friend. Yeah. Her dad's best friend who's Earl. Also. Who's the other Santa? Yeah. They they've two Santas in town. One is her dad. One is Earl. Earl is an old man. He's a lawyer. He tells them that he has read the contract and that there's nothing weird in there. It's totally standard. Um. So she gets her dad to sign the contract, and then she brings the contract to Ben at a dinner. Um, like a dinner date. And then Ben's like, great, I'm just going to go take this phone call and goes outside and then their dinner arrives and she's like, oh, keep it because he's not here. And then she's like, oh no, actually put it on the table. I'll go get him. So then she goes outside and he's on the phone like cackling like an evil maniac being like, yeah, they fell for it. They didn't read the small print. Yeah. If they don't have $50,000 by uh, Christmas Day, all of it is ours. And it's... Ridiculous. And then she just bails without confronting him. Yeah, she just leaves. And, And yeah, and then, so... I thought uh, it was very funny, because we watched um, Christmas Land first, and in Christmas Land, they're trying to raise $1.3 to have, like, $3 million by Christmas Eve. And then in Santa Land, or in Santaville, in Moonlight and Mistletoe, they're trying to... um, Get 50 grand. Get 50 grand, which is such... So much smaller. I mean, it's made... Like, 16 years earlier, so I guess it makes sense. Six, 
16? I thought it was 2019. Oh yeah, sorry, six six years ago. I can't yeah. add seven years earlier. So there's a huge difference between <laughs> three million and fifty k. Yeah. And even in that time. Yeah, but it's just like ridiculous. So yeah, um, finds out they're in massive financial trouble, and then she just busts outside and meets Peter, and they go for a sleigh ride, and then yeah, she's like real upset about it, and then she just instead of. Oh, yeah, because they have, like, a whole conversation where Earl admits that he didn't actually read the contract because he's too old. He he kept trying to read it and couldn't, and then he just didn't want to admit it to anyone. Which, literally, when you read why people can be disbarred, yeah. is one is ethics, and one is being physically incapable of being a lawyer. Yeah. And Earl is physically incapable of being a lawyer. 100%. And then Nick is saying, no, it's my fault. I, I signed the contract, and I also didn't read it. So it's another case of no one reading the contract. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, no... I'll, I'll sort it out and then she walks outside and Peter's there with the sleigh and then instead of like coming up with a plan she just goes on a sleigh ride with Peter and then they do this weird and then there's a bunch of like weird jump cuts to the next day after they have like a heart to heart conversation about saving Christmas Christmasville Santaville <laughs> and then she just uses her like special powers of being excellent at marketing to then try and fix everything so yeah. yeah, both both sides. Jules is doing it through social media, and Holly's doing it through marketing. Yeah, so she's got like you know in person marketing campaigns where she's all the shops around town have got like these remember things and it's yeah. trying to make people remember what it used to be like. Um, and she's got her dad set up with a blog so he can blog as Santa. Oh my God, he goes from what's a blog to I'll be blogging because I'm Santa within the space of. A tiny montage. Yeah, yeah. There's a moment that really annoyed me and I wrote a note for it. She's walking down the street, everyone's staring in windows of like little gift baskets that have the word remember on them and they're blue with like Christmas decorations. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, oh, the campaign's really stepping up, Dad. It's because of that TV interview I did this morning. Yeah. What? There was, like, at least with... I was going to say Santaville. In Christmasland. Um, Christmasland. She actually does like a news story. Yeah. But no, this is just like, oh, this happened. So therefore it's okay. I've got 400 hits on my blog. That is not going to save you. <laughs> yeah. And then so she then ends up calling her. Oh, yeah. So she ends up some random dude wants to buy one of Peter's Nutcracker things oh and God. buys it with with for five hundred dollars and they're like, Oh my god, we can raise the money this way. They are so shitty. They're they, so bad. They are terrible. Oh my god, I thought they were so bad. So they're like just with unique art pieces, but they're all exactly the same and he just painted them differently. But they look terrible. So if you could picture a nutcracker in your head right now, it's a little dude with an arm and the weird like ventriloquist doll jaw. Yeah, so you can and crack the top the head or or in some of them they have like crowns. All part of the ballet, so they're like Renaissance-esque drawn or dressed, sorry. Uh, Peter's ones, uh, they look like round stock that he's just taken to with a lathe for to make them slightly body-shaped. Yeah, they don't even look like, they're not even like mannequin-shaped. They're just like this block that like maybe has a little bit of thinning where it could be a neck. It's and they've like... got default Lego man faces on them. Yeah. And they are terrible. And then they have like a whole romantic moment where she's like, 
He's like, can you imagine this character in Nutcracker is inside this piece of wood? She's like, oh my goodness. And then he's like, you know, um, you gotta have, you just gotta get the face to um, to come out of there. She's like, how do you decide in the face? It's like, it just comes to you. The face you want to look at the rest of your life. Um, oh which God. I have written, the note I've actually written for this is just about a dozen question marks and then Nutcracker face. Because <laughs> um, I literally, when I when I looked at it, I just typed a whole of question marks and then I was like, I'm not going to remember what these question marks are about. So I just wrote Nutcracker face next to it. But it's so weird. So yeah, get, ramping up to the ending, you've got... Sanaville is doing really well because of the Remember campaign. He's selling out the the uh, Nutcrackers, which are terribly made and terribly painted. And and she tries to go back to the bank and argue with the bank about giving an extension or giving her a loan. At no point in time does she approach them about her getting a loan to cover it. Yeah. And so she's like talking about taking equity out of her apartment. But... It's 50 grand. Like, like t- she goes to the bank and, oh, you've made 28 grand. So yeah. they're still $22,000 short. Right. In Christmas Land, she just has a lockbox, which is way too small, by the way. Like, I've seen enough movies where gangsters hand over money to each other. <laughs> and even if it was in $100 bills, it's a tiny lockbox. Like, you'd have if you or kid. Or something you're running a bake sale, like that's how big it is. It is tiny. It's smaller than an iPad. And it's supposed to have, it's supposed to, it's supposed to have. It's supposed to have. Supposed to have almost half a million dollars in cash in it. And she just friggin' hands it to Elle. Yeah, and the thing is, she never looks inside it, and he never looks inside it. She just hands him over this box that these other people have handed her telling her that there's $450,000 in it. She just accepts that, hands it to this real estate developer and is like, I'll send you the rest in the bank transfer. And he's like, congratulations, you've got Christmas land back. It's like, what are you talking about? You're a businessman. Look in the box at the very least. But maybe he maybe he knows that if, if he goes through with it, she is going to realize that she he doesn't have a legal ed- like to sign on um, to me, to me, the four hundred fifty thousand dollars feels like a bribe, because there's no contract yeah. for that she signed agreeing to pay him one point three million dollars. The original contract for one point seven million dollars is not being filed with yeah. anybody, and there's a similar to that in, in Moonlight Mistletoe, and. It's just, it's so, yeah. it's so, there's so much legal so fuckery. in Moonlight and Mistletoe, they don't owe Ben anything. The money is, the, the contract agreement is if her dad can't settle his existing debt, then they'll own the business. So the, all the money that they owe, that they gather is going to the bank to pay off his own debt. Yeah. Whereas in Christmasland, she's got this real estate developer who has a contract that she signed that isn't as you said actually legally binding um and then he's just like well pay me this extra money and she just does it um so (laughs) it's so much it's so much legal bullshit like i don't understand how how this was signed off by the producer like it's hallmark it's hallmark they know about legal fuckery (laughs) they just don't expect people watching to care about legal legal stuff People watch TV these days. You could learn more about legal issues 
from watching an episode of like Law and Order than these actual lawyers know in this movie. Mm. Um, and then you have this moment where at the end of Moonlight Mistletoe and the company that Holly worked for arrives and she's like, oh, you got my thing. Yeah, cool. I'm gonna, we're going to sell, we're going to have an exclusive contract with Peter to sell these, these handmade dolls and how many of you got left will buy them. And he's like, I've got none. Even though he's been making them his entire life and they look like they take an afternoon to make. <laughs> um, and he's like, oh, well, you could... And some random person in the crowd's like, yeah. you could commission one? And he's yeah. like, for eight grand? It's yes, like, some just random is like, you can commission one for $8,000. He's like, sold. And then they're like, yay, we made the money. <laughs> it's like... And then Ben is in the background of this entire situation and just rips up their contract and walks away. And I'm like... So that wasn't failed either. <laughs> you were relying on them to fail and just agree to your contract you hadn't filed. Yeah. There was no lawyers involved on their point of view. Like, no. to sell a house, you need two lawyers, one representing the people who are selling and one representing the buyer, and then the person in the middle, the real estate agent, is the middle person. They yeah. have no... They're yeah. being contracted to organise everything. In Never mind selling an entire village. <laughs> and you're talking about $50,000 worth of debt being swallowed up in, by legalese by a lawyer who should be disbarred and he just rips up the contract. <laughs> they are still held legally binding to be the silent partners and to pay off like... Yeah, yeah. And to have this huge deal with the parks. Yeah. And all this free advertising. Yeah. And it's just gone now because they made 50 grand in a, in a week. It's just, oh, mm, I, I hope, I hope how irritated I am is coming through. Oh, it is. Don't worry. It Good. will be. Everyone will know how annoyed you are by this. And then we'll do the same thing next year with two more Hallmark movies. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, ripping, so that's sort of the wrap-up of, of Christmasville. No, <laughs> fuck. Um, <laughs> Santa Phil. Moonlight and Mistletoe. Moonlight and Mistletoe. <laughs> So, at the end of... Oh, I was going to say Santa Land. Christmas Land. Christmas Land. This yeah, is this like last last episode. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> where am I up to? Uh, okay. Hands in the money. No contract. He just walks out with $450,000. And... Like, she's now... She agrees to the town that she's going to pay them back with interest. Like, there's no contract there either. Yeah. Um, she's just left her boyfriend, who should be disbarred for terrible ethics. Yeah. Um, that's no follow-up. And is now just dating Tucker, and they have, like, a, like some romantic kissy moments. Yeah, they just have, like, a kiss, even though there was no... Literally nothing before that. Yeah. It's just he's stalking her. Yeah. And obsessed with her in a really creepy manner. Not as much so as Peter in the other movie. Yeah. Um, oh my god, I just got the characters confused. Well, he turns up at her house and is like, in her house. Yeah. yeah. He's not He's not as creepy as Peter is. Peter is super creepy. Yeah. So so Tucker in Moonlight... Oh, sorry. Tucker in Christmas Land. Now I'm mixing them up. Tucker in Christmas Land 
is actually from that town and he went to the city to study law school and then he hated the city and moved back to the town. Yeah. Um, whereas Peter in Moonlight and Mistletoe visited the town once as a teenager and then went back to wherever his boarding school was and then after he had several degrees, he decided he was going to move in with her dad because he saw her once as a teenager and was obsessed with her. That is a... If, if you're reading this on a true crime podcast... It would make the... Peter would fit the profile of somebody in a true crime podcast. Oh, 100%. About a... Like a, a, a serial mur- killer. Like an obsessed murderer. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the job, the vice president of Bloody Blah... Brand uh, strategy. Yeah. Ass- it, assistant... No, executive vice president of brand strategy. So I googled that and in New York City, and this is today's prices. Yeah. So was this the later? This was the later movie, eh? So this yeah, since twenty fifteen, I think. Yeah. So we'll say six years of inflation, four percent. That's still a hundred, hundred and twenty, hundred and fifty thousand dollar a year job. Yeah, and now she. And she's just giving it she up to gives have, it up so she can work in Christmas land. Which they have off seasons like all the time. Yeah. And why can't she just do both? Like, there's all these capable people who are running. Like half the year, it's just a pine farm. Mm-hmm. And it's only during the winter it's where it's... because she's in love. It doesn't matter that she's in love. <laughs> Everyone's dumb and I hate it. <laughs> it's literally the last note. I'm done. I'm done. Like, you can wrap this up because it's just... It's so irritating. <laughs> no one reads contracts. Lawyers should be yeah. disbarred left, right and centre. Like... So the, the plot of both films is... Um, woman working in marketing... Uh, has a family-owned Christmas village that she either inherits in one or helps out with in the other. Um, both of them, they end up accidentally selling it by not reading contracts and then have to make up money by Christmas Day to not sell it. And then they fall in love with some dude in the town who has been obsessed with them since childhood. The end. Um... <laughs> basically the thought about films uh i will say i was just looking as you were ranting there i was looking through my notes and um my favorite quote i think or one of the, my favorite quotes that i took down anyway from moonlight and mistletoe was um when tom arnold being all outdated talking to the child says to him christmas is not just about multiplayers and megatrons <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean i'm hot i'm genuinely hot like i am undoing my hoodie because i am so hot from ranting <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's, yeah. Having a drink of water. Yeah. Cont- no, please oh, sorry, I thought you were like, you wanted me to turn off the microphone. No, 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 you, no. Stop you, the podcast. you keep going, I'm, I'm just done. Put, a, put a fork a, in make, me. Make a, making some gulping noises over there. You gonna leave that in? Yeah. Beautiful. Um. I don't care anymore. Like, it's just, <laughs> I understand, like, making a sappy made-for-TV Christmas feel-good movie that you have where your grandkids are running around and it's playing in the background where, like, the family's trying to make dinner together. I can understand that. But Hallmark is an international company. Mm. They would have lawyers that get paid more than this movie probably cost. And they don't understand, like... They could have just... Edited out the bits where it's like, oh, here's the lawyer, here's the other lawyer, like, could have moved on from that. But no, they make it really, really obvious that there's some legal bullshit is happening in both movies. Yeah. 
Like, oh, absolutely. I'm Tucker's sure. a terrible lawyer because he, he works on pro bono work and spends most of his time at Christmas land. Selling Christmas trees. Selling yeah, Christmas he works, trees. He works in the Christmas farm or the, the tree farm. A law degree is so expensive, especially whichever like university you go to. Mm-hmm. And being that uh, Mitchell is yeah. in like some big shot New York City lawyer... And clearly looks really wealthy because he's having um, like interstate meetings. Yeah. Personally, which is like insane. Mm-hmm. So that means the company would be covering his travel costs. Yeah. And yet, they just, just disbarring a hundred percent. Mitchell should be disbarred. Earl should be disbarred. Like, it's just it's so it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, we didn't mention, by the way, I don't think that in... So in um, Christmas Land, she has a boyfriend who turns out is shitty and that she breaks up with him and falls in love with the the small town guy. Yeah. In Moonlight and Mistletoe, she's single. She says she doesn't have time for dating. And then they set up a love triangle between her and Peter and Ben. So her prospects are guy who's been stalking her her whole life and guy who is a financial advisor and pretends to be interested in her so that he can steal her dad's village. Yeah. Um, so she, yeah, so she's like all going for dinner with, with Ben and going for dates with Ben and then she finds out that he's screwed her over and then suddenly she's in love with Peter. And just never talks to him. Never confronts yeah. him. She just like yeah. walks. It's, what are you doing? Why? Why do these movies exist? Can I ask... The uh, the lead actress in the second movie, Moonlight and Mistletoe, uh, yeah. Candace Cameron Bure, what do you think of her? I don't know anymore. Because she's going to come up a lot, I think. Because oh, God. this was apparently the first Hallmark Christmas movie she was in, but she's been in like dozens since then. So she's going to, we're gonna, probably going to end up watching a movie of hers most years. She's incredibly bland in comparison to how Jules. Yeah. Like Jules had more everything, yeah. I guess. Jules was a happier person. And also, like, knew what she was doing with her life and stuff. Like, we... I mean, Holly in Moonlight and Mistletoe lives in Boston, and she's working in a sales thing, and she works through Christmas every year. And then... Which her boss hates, even though she's making lots of money because he has to pay the rest of the staff overtime. Right. Or they just don't want to be at work. Yeah. And then, um... She goes... When she goes to Santaville... There's no mention of her other her normal life again. Yeah. Like, she just ditches it. That's at the end. It's, we don't know what... You know, is she renting? Does she own the apartment in in Boston? Or what's happening with her life there? Does she even have any friends or know anyone or whatever? She just ditches her whole life there. Whereas uh, Jules in Christmas Land, we get to see her do her whole marketing campaign at the beginning. And, you know, all the people love her. And she got her boyfriend. She's renting her apartment and trying to save up to buy a condo. Um... You get as much information about Boston, where she lives and works, as you do from that random flash to when they go to that business lunch in Chicago, mm. which is just one singular picture of Chicago, which yeah. could be stock footage. Same with oh, Boston. Oh, it is. It is stock footage. It's one of the only things in the IMDb trivia for it, is that that's just stock footage yeah. of Chicago. It's just a picture by a lake and a single goose. Yeah. By Lake Michigan. That's it. I think it was a single goose. That's all yeah, I remember. Like that. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, you, you, that's and it's like here's Chicago skyline, and now we're indoors. And there's no like 
sign if that's actually Chicago. You've been to places with snow, right? Yeah, I have been to a place when there was snow. Is it that clingy as it was in both these movies? Clingy, like, to clothes and things? Clothes and shoes and the tires of cars. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like there's two, there's two different types of snow, because you can get a real powdery dry snow and you can get a wet snow. I think that powdery dry snow does stick to fibres quite a bit. Yeah, because I just remember that scene where she goes into the thing with Ben and his shoes are just covered in snow. Like... Yeah, I mean, yeah. So when I was in Finland, like, um, you have to scrape the snow off your boots to yeah. go in, go indoors anywhere because you, your snows, or your snows, your shoes get totally caked in it. Um, so you have, there's like things set up for you to like kick your boots and then scrape your boots yeah. and things. So Because he's literally just walking in the snow pile. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it does, it does very much stick because your feet are like compacting it and it yeah. gets all, um, I'm not a snow expert, but yeah, definitely there was, we have to like kick off our boots everywhere we, every time we're going to go indoors and scrape them off and then if possible, take them off inside the door and switch for other shoes or not wear shoes or, you yeah. know. It's also very interesting, a place that would literally have snow piled outside their door did not have any form of airlock in between the, like... Yeah. Yeah, because I was, where, where I stayed up in Finland was, we had, there was like a room in between. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like an yeah, airlock type thing. So I just, keep... that's how I just call them in my head. Yeah, you want to keep it warm inside. Yeah. And these places are just like, floor-to-ceiling glass. <laughs> Yeah, um, I feel like they're places that aren't cold all year though, because they, they'd be areas that would get quite warm in the summer months, because they're along the same latitude as where, you know, all those fires and things are happening at the moment. Mm. Oh, I say at the moment, I've just given away how far in advance we're pre-recording. <laughs> it's all part of the secret. <laughs> This was done today. We're, this is this is not live. It was it's recorded live. hours earlier. <laughs> oh no! Hot and fresh out of the oven. <laughs> I've given away our secret. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We're oh. recording it while it's still winter for us. Yeah. <laughs> so we can get in the mindset of the the snow. Oh dear. Anything else? I um, just I just want to move on. No, not really. There was no real notes for um. For either the. They just they just are what they, they do what they say in the tin. They're just Hallmark Christmas movies, and that's. I've got genuine catharsis now for getting all of that off my chest. Oh, that's good. That's good. Alright, and next next week or next in two weeks time, next episode will be um, more Christmas, but it'll be Christmas movies that we actually enjoy. That's good. Yeah. It'll be a relief. Yeah, it'll be good. Um. All right. So I guess that's us. Um. You can find us on Facebook at It Takes Two Pod and on Twitter and Instagram at It Takes Two underscore pod. Is there anything else you want to add? Take care. Yeah. Don't watch Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> Leave that to the professionals who have podcasts and torture themselves for you. Don't do it. Alright. And if you do like them, please comment. Yeah, please. Yeah, let us let Tell us me know. what I'm missing. Or recommend two more Hallmark movies for us to watch next oh, yeah, year. They, oh, God. Um, because a lot of Hallmark movies have the same, very, very similar plots to each other, and we're excited to watch more Hallmark are we? movies. Are we? Yeah, we're very excited to watch more Hallmark movies that are identical in plot. 
Alright. Okay. Alright, happy Christmas, everyone. Merry, and merry, happy holidays. Merry, happy holidays. We'll see you in two weeks' time for some more Christmas episode. Uh, and thank you very much for listening. Stay safe.